Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks. That's betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks for 10% off your first month. And thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hey guys, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about our recent partnership with the amazing Bones Coffee Company. Let's face it, you're probably sick and tired of drinking that old plain Jane coffee brand every morning. Well, fret not, dear listener. Bones Coffee is here to kick your taste buds into high gear. Bones Coffee has a wide variety of flavors to choose from, including maple bacon, peaches and spring, island grog, and my personal favorite, chocolate raspberry. Once you become hooked on the coffee, you'll be excited to learn that they have plenty of merch options to choose from as well. T-shirts, mugs, tote bags, the list goes on. You can buy their coffee in whole bean, ground, and even evil single serve options. Guys, we wouldn't lie to you. This coffee is great, and we know that you're going to love it too, which is why we have partnered up with Bones Coffee, and now our listeners have an exclusive discount code. Make sure to use the code MUSICSPEAKS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's right, James. Go to BonesCoffee.com to kickstart your new coffee addiction and use the code MUSICSPEAKS for 10% off today. Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming on, for watching and listening to When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with your handicapped host, James Cox, where we fight depression with the power of music, which is great. You know, because everybody needs to battle depression, and music is one of those things when you can. So we have another interview with you with you today. Um, we are in the room in Ember Swift. And let, so let me tell you about her first. Canadian artist Ember Swift now resides in the magnetic city of Beijing, China. Uh, she has released 12 albums and one DVD project since 1996, which 90s is like the best time in music, I think. Uh, and continue to have a loyal fan base across many national borders. Uh, Sticks and Stones is her most recent album, which is not that. It's, uh, it is going to be called uh, Mid-March mid Mid March Meltdown. Yes. 
and marshmallow yeah, down. Yeah, I guess I got yeah. the wrong bio up there. Right, it's yeah. It's the 13th now. It yeah. is, it is, yeah. So, um, well, well, I guess we have a new album coming out, which we're going to talk about later, maybe. Um, so, mid-March, man, Meltdown is our new album. Um, it was released in 2021, now. Um, it is a, 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 okay, so, I, I that, that's, that, all the rest is, like, like, old, new, old, because you're, you know, you don't have any information for me. Hey, how you doing, uh, Amber? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I gave I'm you the confused. wrong link no, to the wrong no, no, bio. No, because no, I got that Nevertheless. from Nevertheless? No, because I got that from your website, you know? And, uh. Okay. I guess, yeah. So, uh. Gotta update the yeah, website. Update the website, yes, Yeah, the new album is called Mid-March Meltdown. You got it. And yeah. it came out in 2021. And, right. um. And we are still working on, we're working on new material, but we don't have plans this year to release another okay. album. Yeah. I don't uh, have that plan. No plan. Maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So based in China and you're a, and you're a Canadian. So, um, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but don't you hate the, the time zones? Don't you think that every, that all, all the world should reside on one time zone? <laughs> of course, that would be hard yeah. for for uh for people right in certain yeah. places I, but I, yes yeah. i hate the calculation of time zones yeah. um once again sorry for our oh no calculation no it's not wrong because i hate today yeah because i hate math and i can't stand math and time zones and math and numbers and i don't understand it at all well uh thank you for okay. being so awesome too. So yeah all right uh okay thank so. you for being such an understanding guy yeah no probably well well i totally understand uh time zone so i'm you know i'm kind of with you on that one but okay so you've been an artist since since 1996 correct yeah my first album came out in 1996 but i was performing and um writing songs before that right but uh yeah yeah um i've been pursuing a professional music career since my first album came out in 96 so it's been a long time i was thinking yeah. like wow i've already past 25 years so i'm coming yeah. into i guess in three years i'll have to say i've been releasing <clears throat> albums i've been a recording artist for 30 years i kind of yeah. go whoa, whoa 30 yeah. years right yeah <laughs> so long pretty good but i mean it's been my life it's been my the right. entirety of my adult life exactly yeah, yeah. um yeah. so when you oh, oh okay so you uh moved to beijing Leaner life, right? You didn't move it in '96, so when... no, no, no. I moved to Beijing in 2008. Okay, perfect. Okay, so so in '96, well, well, let's just do the '90s. Who who was your favorite bands back in the, back in the '90s? I was a huge Ani DeFranco fan, and I was also I also was and still am a huge Joni Mitchell fan. Oh yeah. So it was this combo of like aggressive folk with traditional folk. And I was doing sort of a folk punk thing in the nineties with me and my guitar and, you know, like banging away big boots. I was all, yeah. you know, tough girl. Right. Nineties. Yeah. i tell you what, man, the eighties and nineties, uh, had like literally the best music ever. I think, you know, nowadays it's not that, uh, most artists now is good, like like my favorite um, genre, like country, you know, and it's getting better, mm -hmm. you know. It got worse for a minute, and then and now it's getting better. Um, so, do you see um, music going in in a good direction, or it kind of like kind of like eh, okay, well this will do, you know. 
Oh, that's a great question. I think, you know, I have um, two children and one is 11 and one is nine. And my 11-year-old my is really into pop music. So I listen to all these really popular songs right now. And I have to say that in the beginning of that, I was really averse, like, ah, oh, like I didn't want to hear it. But I'm starting to hear there's some really interesting techniques that songwriters in the pop side are using. Um, and really cool programming things that are coming into fashion. So I'm I'm starting to appreciate some of what new music is bringing because I think as soon as you, you know, cross the threshold of 40, age 40, you start to be all like, ah, I don't like the new music, yeah. you know, like, ah. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it's worth listening to. Also, I'm really fascinated by this whole AI music making thing Ooh, that's yeah. happening. I'm curious as to whether or not in 10 or 20 years like by the time my kids are are full functioning adults in their 20s will they be listening to music that is only generated by computers and i'm i'm i've been doing a lot of reading and research about that so i don't want to dismiss new music right because i think there's a whole new wave coming of what ai can produce compared to what humans can produce i'm mm. i'm a songwriter so yeah, i believe right. fully yeah. That music should be written by people. Yes, <laughs> come on. Let's I, just say that out front. But I think it'll be fascinating to see what AI can produce in comparison, and and whether or not it could, with the help of humans, actually augment the songwriting experience. Like, could we could we make even better songs with the help of AI, rather than AI replacing us? Like, could it possibly take us to another level? I'm I'm fascinated by that. So yeah. I wouldn't say that all modern music sucks. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't either, cause, cause, uh, some of the, some of the, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've uh, interviewed a lot of musicians and uh, new musicians, and their out, their songs are great, you know. But I'm with <laughs> you on AI. I don't think computers should be the replacement of people writing music, cause I think that people writing music have have souls and feelings and get to want to get out. Computers don't have that, you know. And, and as far as I know. <laughs> uh, computers don't have souls and as far as we know, yeah, yeah as far yeah. as we know, they haven't developed a whole like neuro neuro system, right? right yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird because uh, I just heard about the AI um in, in music just recently, so I don't know if it's gonna blow up or not. You know, hmm. that's pretty weird. I don't know. It's growing. Yeah. But anyway, I'm still making music and I'm still releasing music. So the music that I'm making, the new stuff, is technically modern music because I'm right. making it in modern day. Yeah. You know, I might not be a brand new artist, but uh, the music I'm making is still new if it's if it's newly released. So I think that qualifies. So I cannot say modern music is all is not is not going in the right direction because I'm part of this wave of modern music makers. Right. So I'm still making music. Right. right. Speaking of music, and and you, uh, you mentioned that your son listened to pop music, and that's great. I I I love pop music. I love all kinds of music. But my question to you is, what genre do you categorize yourself in? Because I'm looking at um, Apple Music right now, and all your albums are says. Uh, hold on, let me see here. It, it says. Uh, so singer, songwriter, you got to get classified under that. And then sticks and stones say that you're folk and you're mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-mid-m
mid-March meltdown says that you're pop. So, what, <laughs> which is odd because it's like, okay, well, I mean, there's there's so many categories every band can fit in. I just want to know from from your idea of standpoint, um, what what do you consider yourself um, genre-wise? Genre-wise. Mm, genre well, to be honest, I've always had a real hard time with that, a real problem okay. with having to be stuck in a category like a genre category because like i'm uh this is this is my studio on my wall of albums are right there so i keep looking yeah, up yeah, yeah. my albums and uh honestly the albums i have tried to to narrow my scope sometimes like mid-march meltdown i really tried to release a pop album but on that album for instance there's a song called anyway which is more reggae and there's another song called Paris, which has got sort of a jazz folk thing going right. on. And I included those songs because they were getting great response from the audience, but it broke my plan, which was to do a mm -hmm. pop album. Even It's Like That is the name of a song on the album. It's got more funk in it than it has, uh, than it has pop. So it's like, ah, um, I've always struggled with it. And that actually has been a problem in my career back in the day when I was sort of a new artist with my first my first five albums, um, that was my biggest criticism from critics. Like, oh, we don't know where to put this album. What is right. it? And I used to say to that, like, who cares? It's music. It's me. Right, yeah. It's my yeah. creation. <laughs> and if I want to explore different styles, shouldn't I be allowed to? That's partly why I really love Joni Mitchell, because she yeah. really did that with her career. But the industry doesn't like that they want to no. put an artist in a category and lock them in that box and i really found that out in 2009 when i released an album called lentic um which yes. you can find through lentic it's actually a separate category than ember swift on okay. apple music it's the only one i put in a separate category because i was trying to redesign my career right and it's a mixture of electronic and folk and anyway that album um was an attempt at a different style category and because it was this merger i mean people didn't like it they didn't know what to do with it <laughs> so it's like all right i can't win i'm just gonna do my own thing and if people like it great if they don't whatever fuck them right, yeah <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> how i that's kind of how i saw it exactly yeah <laughs> sorry um, about the uh no, no, language no, no. there you I might mean, no. that one no we can you, you can cuss out this so we don't you know <laughs> it's totally fine with us here so um yeah because um I I was interviewing a fellow Canadian. Uh, I I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Ed Ed Roman, and I asked him the same oh, question. Yeah, I've heard of Ed Roman. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's my favorite dude of all you know of 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 all Earth. But uh, I I asked him the same question. You know, which genre do you fit in the most? And he says yes. It's like okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> yes, that's I, a I'm great like, answer. That is yes. Level, yes, yes, yeah. So he didn't explain it, and he just said yes. I'm like. Fair enough. I got you. <laughs> you know, so he's, he's pretty cool. That's great. That's um, very funny. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was, I was researching you and while I was researching you, like I always do with my, with my guests, I found on your YouTube page, um, you did a live record, you record recording audio from live from Beijing in, in uh, 2020. So, 
Maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember and, what you're talking about exactly. No, because... Uh, oh, yes. It, it, when I, during the pandemic, yes. I did just a solo oh, oh, thing oh. in my studio. That's right, because yeah. it was the pandemic, right? 2020. Yes, that was the pandemic. Okay. Ah. Yeah. The, no, I don't I don't want to so. Um, I, 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 and I think on Castaway, you played a trumpet or trum, uh, trumpet. And I think that's the best yes, thing. Yes, the fake trumpet. Yes. The, the pretend yes, trumpet. That, that's it's, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you like that? I, I did. And, well, I did like um, Mannequin, I Wish I May, um, you know, Castaway. And I found that it was very uh, um, motivating that you uh, are able to, um, well, well, during the pandemic, I mean, everything was in, like catastrophic for, for some time, you know. And I feel like if, and I feel like music is is a way to the soul, and and if people can watch you for about an hour or so or whatever that recording was, um, I think that they had a very very uh, good time and uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of get like like a feeling that they're not alone, you know. Good. I'm uh, glad that that you had that feeling. Yeah. I mean, for me, the pandemic was definitely definitely really difficult right right but um we couldn't use the facebook live and the uh the other live things that you have in the west china blocks all that stuff so <clears throat> the only thing i could do is do a a live studio recording and then post it um on youtube so i really couldn't do the interactive live stuff that a lot of musicians could do that kind of kept that exchange alive you know how music really feeds people when it's happening live. Right. We musicians couldn't experience that. I know you speak about that in your podcast about the healing nature of music, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's the only that's the only uh, online concert I did, and unfortunately, I had to do it as I, as I said after the fact. Like I had to record it live, but then post that live recording. Um. So I couldn't experience like the you know the real-time messaging with the audience right. Right. and it it's not the same to play to us to a camera like to play to a screen it's really not the same yeah but it was the best it could do at least i did one right <laughs> yeah now um so that was back in 2020 and i noticed that uh the song um knocking was was with you and 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 your guitarist wrote it together correct Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But but knocking is on your album on, on, on your is mid 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 mid, mid March mountain down on twenty twenty one. Is there a reason? Right. Yeah, knocking. Is, is 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 there a reason why you held on to that song? That I mean, on, uh, until twenty twenty one. Is there a reason I held on to it until twenty twenty one? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, a lot of those songs that were performed in twenty twenty were <sighs> the new songs for the twenty twenty one album. Um, so right. it was, I was actually, when I did that little solo concert in my studio, um, I was partly advertising the new material. Of course, that new material was played with a whole band. Right. Um, so a lot of those songs that you heard, like Castaway 2 is on 2021 album. Um, yeah. so yeah, I did, wasn't really holding on to them. I was okay. just. I oh, was, promo- I was oh, okay. Okay. My bad. <laughs> 
That's bad. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Um, speaking it's of probably beer. a confusion based on this uh, outdated bio. <laughs> <laughs> which no, it's totally I have fine. to deal with. No, so, my bad. Not it's, your bad. It's my, totally bad. Fine. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of your band, uh, your band is is a collective unit from all 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 um, corners of the of the earth. Um, can you tell, right. can you tell us how how this band band came to be? Yeah, sure. Uh, my current band. I mean, I've worked with so many musicians over the years, but my current band is uh, Gabriel Baudouin on guitar. He's from Quebec. We met here in Beijing. He's also my partner, but that came later. Um, and uh, we do lots of songwriting together. And then also my bass player is a guy named Darvel Chapman. He's from Cuba. And he was not on the album. We met in 2020, so we've only been working together for three years. But during the album of 2020, actually we met in 2021, he and I, but he wasn't on the recording process of the album, which was 2019 and 2020. Um, because those musicians left China. They left. Right. During the pandemic, a lot of people left. And then I'm currently working with a drummer, two different drummers. One one guy's name is Jia Jia. He's Chinese. He's here. He's stable. He's not leaving. Okay. <laughs> and uh, a Congolese drummer um, named Guy Mabanza, who's a young guy that's a student here and is unbelievable. He's an amazing drummer. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this four piece is pretty solid. Sometimes we play with an arhu player, which is a Chinese traditional instrument. It looks... A little bit like uh, it looks a little bit like that instrument, but that's not okay. an arhu. Okay. That's a, a different Chinese instrument behind me. Um, but the arhu is the slightly longer with a small little drum head on it. It looks like it's played like a violin, but sideways. Yes. And sh her name is Wangyati. She's a regular member, but she only comes to about three shows a year. Um, and uh, sometimes we also play with a keyboard player, whose name is Ray or Original is his stage name. And uh, he's from Ghana. Ghana. Okay. So as you can see, like there's a couple of Africans in our band now, Cuban, two Canadians, and a couple of Chinese people. But then on the album, we had a couple of players from the U.S. We had a player from um, from uh, the Ukraine, who's back in the Ukraine, still safe, thankfully. We're keeping in touch with him. But um, and we had a keyboard player from Israel on the album who else I feel like there's i'm missing some countries <laughs> right. but anyway the album is full of international players it's great that's partly be because i live in beijing here in beijing the uh the array of international players is uh pretty vast it's a huge spectrum of people from all over the world and plus i've met chinese musicians too so it's great the collaborations are great so in Be so so in beijing there's a there's a uh plethora of uh, like like the music the music scene over there is is like far by far the the, the best uh, majority of of it right there's a good music scene over there yeah there's a great music scene here um of course the music scene for international players like myself is smaller than the music scene for chinese players that doesn't mean that i don't play in venues where chinese players play right but uh, it is definitely a slightly different community of people who are from overseas, who are the expat musicians, the foreigners. We're the foreigners. We're not <laughs> native to here. Um, but the the uh, music rooms are really interesting and diverse. And 
it's a different market of for musicians out there who are from the West, when they listen to this podcast, they'll be surprised to learn that because Beijing is so big and Shanghai too, those cities, Shenzhen, even Changsha is uh, nine, nine, 10 million people. Um, those kinds of cities, uh, you can, as a musician, you can live in those cities and you can play music two or three times a week and never repeat your audience. Okay. Um, you can live in Beijing and play three, four times a week and your audience will not be repeated because you're playing in different districts and you're playing to an em enormous population. So um, it means that like when you live in South Carolina or when you live in Toronto, you have to travel outside of your city in order to change your audience. Yes. But here I can play to a different audience depending on the room I'm playing to. And then I can advertise to those different audiences depending on which room I'm going to. Yeah. Um, so I can effectively, what? how does that translate down? Like if I just, I can tell you all the details, but really the, the results of that is that I can be a present an active parent to my two children, my daughter, and my son. I can do that while still being an active, regular musician. Um, and I go out of town once in a while, like tomorrow I leave for a show in Jiangxi province and I'll be back on Thursday, but yeah. I played two shows this weekend and I can, I'll be playing two shows next week. So my performances are pretty active but i can still be there for my kids it's right, yeah. it's awesome it's a great mix of circumstances well i mean i mean to me it's how they're always, like always busy with doing something you know either either um um being a musician or or, or, or being a mom you know i think they think that's, <laughs> that's true i'm always busy with something. <laughs> i also have this studio so I have a side a side business where I do commercial recordings for people if they need it, like like voiceover or commercial singing or um, like uh, educational songs for education companies yeah. that I create for them, and that's great. I I can't I can't say enough about how good it is to have a side business um, when you're a musician and you've yeah. just gone through a pandemic. Like without this studio, which I'm like showing yeah. you here, yeah. without this studio, I would not have survived the pandemic. <laughs> right. I'm super grateful for that. And I do some uh, vocal coaching as well. So, you know, that keeps me able to pay pay the bills. Pay the rent, it's all right, good. Yeah. And I love the fact that you have road projects also. Man, I'm a, I, yeah, I'm, that's I'm a road fan forever now. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, Now, with, uh, with oh, okay, so I've, I've had this problem before. Um, has there been a time where you went, when you went to a venue or something and and something break broke down, and you had to scramble for it to find a new, a new whatever you whatever what if you um broke down or oh, something. Yeah. 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 Oh um, yeah, of course. <laughs> I've had of course, times, why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Throughout the years, where things have lots of things have broken down, and and you, you know your guitar is not working, or you you bust some strings and you don't have the right strings. To yeah. You didn't prepare, or you. Uh, Suddenly, the entire sound system's not working. And I generally, I can solve that. If it's not too big a venue, I can solve that with just unplugging, just walking into the audience yeah. and just okay. playing for them like a campfire. And I actually had to do that once at a festival, which was intense. It was an outdoor festival, and the whole sound system went down. The entire electricals, the entire festival site went down 
only during my show. <laughs> right. Only. Of course. <laughs> All right. the other musicians were fine. Yeah. Everyone got a proper gig. But I had to I had to do exactly what I said. I I just had to take my guitar and walk into the 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 grassy the seating areas and walk around and just play. And I did that. It was probably not as effective a show as it would have been had I been through speakers, but people loved it. Right. And people yeah. gathered. I asked people to come closer and they gathered and we did crazy, you know, rocking out on our acoustic instruments, me nice. and my band members. I think my drummer brought her snare and sat there sort of on the edge of the crowd and played snare as loud as she could. It's always, it was yeah. just, it just, you just make it work. And honestly, to me, music is, is never like the circumstances around a gig are never perfect, but the point of a show is to communicate through music, to allow music to reach people and to allow their energy from receiving the music to reach you. And it's the cycle. And we do this exchange as players and it's incredible. It's revitalizing. I think that's what I was talking about when, when we wrote to each other in the first yeah. place, but how music is often used as a therapeutic tool and it's a healing device, but we, we often think of music as healing only to the listeners, <clears throat> but yeah. I believe music is healing to the makers as well. I yeah. think with it, if it weren't for music, I wouldn't be so healthy physically and mentally and spiritually, all those things. Right. Uh, yeah, because I think that if if the musician can get out their thoughts on what they're going through, I, that's that's totally beneficial for them too. You know. And you're right. A lot sure. of a lot of people think that it's that it's mainly for the listener, which is not. You're 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 100 correct on that one. It's it's really it's really more for the for for the artist just as much as a listener, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there's healing that comes from listening and there's healing that comes from making music. But for me, the greatest um, little nugget of magic that this music career has brought me after so many years mm. is that the thing I get from it, the magic I get from it is this exchange that happens in the live setting. And with during the pandemic when we weren't performing live and when I had my kids, I took time off the stage. Those two periods in my life really were, I really felt a deficit, almost like, you know, when people say if you are missing a vitamin in your life, then you start to see signs of that, right. the vitamin deficiency. I think if I don't perform live and if I don't have live music in my life in some capacity, I have some sort of like psychic vitamin deficiency. And I start to feel it like what's what's missing, what's missing. Oh, right. It's that that magic that happens live. And honestly, I can be sick. I can be tired. I can be miserable or depressed. And then something clicks during a live show that will put all of that aside. Mm -hmm. And yep. I suddenly feel healthier. I feel like um, all of the things that are pulling me down in sort of everyday regular life are not there anymore, at least for an hour or an hour and a half, depending how long the show is. You know, yeah. it's it's a real magic. Yeah, and we don't talk about that enough. We don't, and and we should because you're right. You're right. You're. I mean, I mean, that's what we talk about here. You know, the healing power of music. You know, and it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not for adults. It's not for kids. It's for everyone. You know, and and there's 
and there's that one song that'll bring you right over the, right out of the uh, of a of a bad state of of mind, you know. So yeah, totally. There's always everybody's always got that one song, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's uh, yours? My What's your oh, song? okay. So mine, um, uh, Eric Church. Eric Church. I love Eric country artist. I love Eric Church. You know. Um, okay. He has a song called Tal- Talladega, you know, and I, I don't can- know it, but I should listen to it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's a great song. Yeah, because um, that song I can't tell you or my mom or my dad how it makes me feel inside. It's so ingrained in my soul. I can't, I can't express how it makes me feel. You know, and there's that, and there's some moments of life like like that. You know, and. Um, going back to what you said about um, you had to take time off creating music um, when you had your children, um, was that like a, like I know that like like you had children and you had to tend to them, right? But for you to take music music off, was there some kind of other element that then um, that you couldn't get from creating music? Then you know what I'm saying. Something that I couldn't get, you mean? I mean, like, or something that replaced it, or what do you mean? Oh, I don't know what you mean. Sorry. Okay, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so, so, so you took off music, um, when you had your children. Was it just because you had children that you took off music, or was there something more in tune with like oh, I depression? See. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So I, um, no, yes, yes, and no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's yeah, okay. Clearly. Yeah. Let's let's get. <laughs> Let's get to the heart of it. Yes, so let's do. I had to um, take time off the stage when I had my kids because they were infants, right? So between ages maybe zero and um, one of each kid, I wasn't performing. Although that's not true. The first kid I wasn't. But the second kid, I did some television stuff. I actually have that on YouTube, mm-hmm. some television performances. I think I sent you a link to one. Mm-hmm. Um where my babies were very little and I did some television shows. But the point is, is that I felt that I couldn't leave them so quickly while they were, they were breastfeeding, they were babies, they were little, and I was their mom. And I just felt like I had to stay uh, present for them as much as I could in that first year of their lives. But um, what that taught me is that like it actually that brought me depression not that the depression kept me from the stage it's that the staying off the stage and just uh narrowing my life like that actually depressed me mm. less so than than you know you think that it would cause me to stop being a performer for that time but actually the depression was the result of not being a performer do you understand what i'm saying yeah right and I was still writing music during that time. So I didn't stop writing. I didn't stop performing or playing for myself and picking up my guitar when the babies were napping or whatever. But uh, I did discover that if I choose very actively, and it was a conscious decision, if I choose to not perform, that I'm doing myself damage. That's what I learned, that that will cause me to become depressed, it'll cause me to just hate my life. And I didn't want to hate my life as a mother. If you hate your life, then you're not a good mother. Right. Uh, you're not a good parent. Right. You see? Yeah. Um, so I learned that very, very distinctly and then made a decision that even if I'm choosing to be a, an active parent, 
and now I'm a single mom. I've been uh, separated and divorced since yeah. 2015. Um, that if I'm an active parent to my kids, which I have to be because I am their principal parent, right. that I have to make time to also be a musician because this will keep me sane and healthy in here. Right. Yeah, right. And now my kids really get that. Like they know that mommy has a gig and that I have to take time to practice. Like on the weekend I say, okay, it's my practice hour. So you guys do your thing. Like you do your Lego or you do your reading or you do your thing and we'll come together again after an hour. And now they're old enough. Like I don't need to watch them to make sure they no, don't right. stick things in their mouths <laughs> or up their ears or whatever, yeah, yeah. up their noses. Now they're 11 and nine. They're really solid. They're really healthy kids. And I think by modeling this behavior by saying, I must service my passion. I must take care of my passion the way I take care of you guys. I care for you. I care for my art. And they see that. They have seen me do that my whole parenting life with them. And now I think that they will become people in this world who care for their passions. I hope so. Yeah. I hope they will. I hope they will do that. That's, I think, what, that's important to me. Yeah. I think they'll, you know, do okay. You know? Yeah. Because, I, I so. mean, yeah, because you're a great mom from what I'm talking to right now. And, uh, yeah, because I think that uh, music is very, um, you need music in all, all kinds of life. And, and, uh, and so you came back to music. So, but, uh, but I, yeah. I, I do want to discuss something very, very dark. And I don't know if you wanted to discuss it, but we'll, you, I'll, I'll ask. Um, so, you, no worries. Get dark. All Get right. dark, man. I can deal with it. All right. Cool. Cool. Dark. Cool. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned before that uh, I I think I heard you say that you were gonna uh, like take your life right like, like suicide kind of you know and so was there a point in, was there a point in your life ever that music did save you from that I have never officially been suicidal I'm okay. very grateful for that right. I have been very dark and very depressed and I hated my life but I've never been to to that edge okay. I'm very grateful for that because I know so many people who have been right on that edge um and it's that scary dark time yeah, right it is but yes yes absolutely music has saved me okay. um I have been through some very dark periods in my life and a lot of it is about my personal identity a lot of it has been about my domestic situation. So you, you just, I'll, I'll get into that one. I might as well. It's the most, most recent. Okay. So you know that I was married and I had two kids and I live in a foreign country. And when I went through the breakdown of my marriage and now I'm divorced, um, that was a super, super dark time in my life. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I would be in a situation where I would lose my children or I would have to fight legally to keep them because I'm not Chinese, I'm not from this country. And I think it's very dangerous and scary to be a foreigner and then going through some sort of legal battle. You're just not sure if you're gonna lose just because you don't understand what's happening. I speak Chinese, but my Chinese probably would not be safe to use in a court of law. Like I, I think I can, function but i don't i don't think i would trust myself to be my own lawyer you know <laughs> right yeah. um so i was really really scared and really dark in those few years of of deciding to leave the marriage and and try and figure out how to do it 
in a way that wouldn't threaten my custody of my babies because I have I have majority custody. Okay. Um, and honestly, without music, I don't think that I could have gotten through that darkness. I had to write a lot about that. I had to write a lot about my fears, about my, about my um, anger. I had to write out my my heartbreak because the marriage ended, but also just my indignation about this world, <laughs> this life I'm living in. And I was really, really angry at this culture and at this country. And I had to get through that to the point where I could reappreciate this culture and this country. I'm glad I stayed actually during that because I could have run away. But um, I stayed principally because my music career was here. Mm. And I had, I have a music career back in the West too. Um, I have fans there that will still come and support my shows. But I had recreated my music career here and my band was here. And I thought, if I don't stay, um, you know, I'm really dismissing all the mu that music has brought me here in China. And I just kept going. And yeah, for sure, music saved me. I think music is is ultimately my savior more than any human. Right. Music yeah. has been the most consistent thing in my life. Um, and I'm not a religious person. So I grew up in a Christian faith, but I'm not religious. And I, I've now lived in the East for almost 15 years. So I have lots of conflicting religions all around me all the time. So I've solved that by just not being a religious person. And if if I were to have to define it through religion, like I just did, music yeah. has been my savior. I would say that music is the closest thing to a religious force I have in my life. And yeah, I, I look to music nice. for guidance often. So when um, after you got the divorce, so 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 writing music was a major stress relief for you, you know. Totally, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's right, because uh, yeah, because music does does everything good for you and uh, nothing bad. I don't, you know, unless you listen to, you know, black metal or something, like that, you know. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's yeah, well, I think there's, you know, I actually like metal. There's lots of good metal stuff out there. There is. so intricate, so complicated music. It's amazing. Like, just technically, I right. really appreciate yeah. metal. But, yeah, for sure, music um, is a stress reliever, but it's also just a balm, you know, a balm yeah. on your heart when you need it. And for me, singing does that creating music does that um and standing in front of an audience and singing to them does that singing and performing i play guitar at the same time um and i think in the end sometimes no matter how dark it gets when you can step out of your darkness to to provide that service to people to, to stand on a stage and give them something to enjoy and take away somehow dims the darkness or, or or lightens the darkness i should say not dims it um it kind of takes takes the blackness out of it in some right. way yeah. and can just give you a little bit more light and then you you get off the stage and you realize actually your darkness was something you forgot about for a, a short time and that maybe it's not so dark after all maybe there are some good things i think music has always regulated me 
mood wise it's kept my mood from going too far down and likewise music has kept my mood from going too far up like i never get too excited yeah. about things and that's good because then you don't get too depressed <laughs> right hopefully not you know yeah because um music also um I, i'm sure you're aware of this too bring back some memories you know because i have I, man, when I listen to some um, music, you know, like Green Day was was probably one of my uh, uh, friends' best best bands ever, you know. And and, and when I listen to that to them, it, it brings you right back to the good times I had with my friend because he's not here anymore, you know. And I mm -hmm. always cherish that moment. And uh, yeah, music can do such wonderful things to the soul. Um, but speaking of the soul, here's our last question for you. And this might be the hardest question I've, I've, I've asked for you all night. I don't know yet, but we'll see, right? Is there a song or artist or an album that you can tell me right now that you can't tell anybody about, just like me and Eric Church? What's your go-to song that you want to get right out of that depression, like, right away? Hmm. There's not an album. No, there's is there not, like an artist? There's no one album. There's no one specific song. Okay. But I would say there that I keep mentioning Joni Mitchell, but she's just such a muse in my life and my career and my my humanity. So I would say maybe Joni Mitchell would be the artist I would seek if I needed someone because I I know her work so well that I can. I can choose the song that would suit what I really need, like the message I need, if it's lyrics or right. the the melody or the vibe or the energy I need. Um, but you know what I often do is instead of seeking a single song or a specific artist, although, like, as I said, I love Joni. I love her. Yeah. I love her. She's been She's my great. most consistent love in terms of like if I'm a fan of anyone. Her, I'm not a yeah. big fan of a lot of artists, but right. I'm a fan of hers. But usually what I like to do if I'm really having a rough time and I need to like just find my center is I like to put music on more randomly. Like I like to seek mm. music out for style or seek music out for um, pace. So I'll go to like a specific tempo or I'll go to a specific key. And I'll say, like, I want to listen to music right now in E minor. I just want to find music in E minor. Yeah. And I'll just listen to that. And that, maybe that's my music brain, my musician-making brain. Or I'll say, like, I want to listen to music that's at about, like, 70 BPM. And it's just, like, I know what that tempo feels like, and I want that. Because there's something about that pace or that key that will cradle me that will hold me in what whatever it is i need and i can't necessarily verbalize it but that's generally how i will use music as a medicinal yes less so to seek out one artist or to seek out one song or one album um but there are times like you know um the jeff buckley version of hallelujah mm, yes Yes. Like that song it's still great. does it for me after yeah. all these years. Like the way he the way he holds that song, the way he sings it, there are moments where I'll think, yeah, I, I would like to listen to that one right now. Right. Um 
but it really depends on on what's going on yeah um you know so it's a hard question to answer but it's a great question it makes me really consider what music has so i was right it it is it is the hardest question ever so (laughs) yeah so yeah um, but it's a great question and I love the point of your podcast. I think that what you're doing is really important because music really is, um, it's really an elixir. I can't think of a better word for it. It's not just something that people enter, people take as entertainment. It's not the same as a TV show. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, that's my bias. I'm a music maker. <laughs> All right. But I don't think it's the same. Yeah. I think it has like some other magical powers that we it does. We don't ever we can't we can't commodify, we can't count it, we can't scientifically prove it. But it's magic. Music yeah. is magic. Yeah, because yeah. the reason why me and my co host Blake created this podcast is is for um everybody, you know, because we don't want anybody to feel like the way we do when we're depressed or have anxiety or something, you know. And I feel like uh, musicians like you coming on would 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 help people understand that they're not alone even musicians have struggles too you know so so that's why yeah absolutely yeah yeah, because i i think that everybody has struggles no matter who they are you know and music is like yeah like it in elixir it's a it's a magic potion you know we can't Mm -hmm. you can't explain it you know so yeah that's what i love about it i love that in this you know, people um, people think of art as something you can look at or framed on the wall or something you can touch, like a sculpture. But, of course, there's intangible art, too, mm. like music that, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, floats through the air and kind of, like, surrounds your ears or, like, settles into your chest. And, and I love that, that you can't see it. That's part of the magic, yes. you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like a phantom. A ph- phantom, yes, yes. Um. I, okay. So I. So I noticed that you said that you're not coming out with album album soon, but are we coming out with like singles monthly? You know, because because a lot of artists have gotten away from creating full albums and releasing singles. You know, back to back to back to back. Totally. You know? Um. So yes, are so are 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 you doing the same thing or are you just focusing it on like one album? You know, later. Well, that's a great question, and that's exactly what I'm doing, actually. Oh, nice. Um, I just went to Shanghai, and I did three songs. I recorded three songs live in, in, for a special uh, program and, and online online thing here in China. It was a big deal. And then those three songs, I'm going to be able to release as singles, right? which is cool because they're live, and they really capture that live energy of the show. And then I'm also... I have about 12 new songs and my plan is to produce them with different producers and kind of do singles for the next couple of years. And I've already started on one and I think it's going to be really fun to release these songs slowly, but not all as one big album. That's what I learned in 2021. When I released my last album, it was uh, still pandemic times and I don't feel like people heard it enough. I don't feel like right. because it's all one album. I think maybe then people say, "Oh, there's twelve or actually there's thirteen songs." It's my thirteenth album, and they think, "Oh, there's thirteen songs. Oh, I'll listen to them eventually." But they sort of don't get through the album anymore. Yeah. People's attention span is too short. Like five so, minutes now. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna just do it one by one, or maybe three by three. I was thinking of doing like a short little 
live EP maybe with these things I did in Shanghai. But anyway, um, lots of new songs and I'm super excited about them. And I think they're they're great. So, you know, I'm proud of them. I hope people like them. Well, two of my favorite songs from you is uh, Mannequin because it sounds kind of jazzy, you know. I like jazz yeah, stuff yeah, too. Cool. And, it, and that's really, really um, means a lot to me. And another song that you might not think of, that you might not think that I would like is uh, Sushi Sushi. That's so fun, dude. That's great. That's from 1997. Yes, that is so 1997. fun. 1997. Yeah, that is so fun. Yeah, because I, I feel like, uh, I mean, you got to make music fun, too. You know, it, it, it can't be all, you know, uh, dark and, you know, I mean, yeah, you just got to make music flow with you. And I feel and I feel like that's perfect song to lift anybody up, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, that was just a silly little bathtub song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just as... <laughs> Just a commentary on um, on uh, body hair body, body, yeah, yeah. practices. Oh, like, Cheating. what is she talking about? <laughs> Holy crap, this is so great. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so for, you got to make your people laugh. You got to make yeah, yourself laugh. Yeah, and then right. you make yourself laugh. Then you'll make yeah. people laugh. Because right. if you're laughing, you're not depressed anymore, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes, that's no right. more depression, right? So, all right. Um, so anybody listening to, uh, to this episode, you can visit... Ember Swift at Facebook of Ember Swift Music and and uh, Twitter and Instagram Ember Ember Swift and emberswift.com you get all your merchandise all of our CDs go to Apple Podcast Apple Music and podcast mm-hmm. and listen to this one but go to Apple Music Spotify and I think you're on what Deezer maybe or or I guess you're oh, on yeah, everywhere Okay. All of them. And yeah. also all the Chinese ones too. So I like uh, every platform you can find my music. Nice. And are we okay. on TikTok? I ask everybody this because I'm, I'm confused about TikTok. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So I'm on Douyin, which is the Chinese TikTok. And okay. if you start a Douyin account, you can't, ch- you can't start a TikTok account, but I'm pretty sure that through TikTok, you can search for me. Okay. And I think you can still find me because I think they communicate, but I don't really get it. And honestly, like, that particular layer of social media, I kind of manage the Chinese side, but I don't manage the Western side because I just don't care. Honestly, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> just thank you for being on. Yeah, because yeah, there's so many social media networks. It's it's uh, hard to keep up with them, you know. And yeah, you and, know, I, I post here <laughs> and there on on Instagram. I still post on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook is becoming more and more passe, right? More and more yeah. old school. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, the next big social media thing i don't know when it's gonna happen i don't know what it's gonna be and honestly i have less and less patience for it so <laughs> i know that's gonna affect me because it affects the whole like algorithms of, yeah you know if you're viewed here then you're not viewed there and honestly the algorithms will be the death of me because yeah. um i just wish we I had just don't care <laughs> i just wish we had myspace back myspace was like the best thing ever made Wow, MySpace. I, I my, hadn't thought about MySpace yeah, in a while. That was yeah. the original, that was pre-Facebook. Yes. And it was awesome. Yeah, th- right. that, that was the first Facebook that, and then we left Tom to go to uh, the dude, I don't know what his name is now, but um, uh, who cares what his name is now, but I, I don't know. But I want MySpace back, that's all I'm trying to say, you know. Yeah, well, MySpace was cool. Yeah. I mean, they, there were some sites that tried to do that, like Reverb Nation sort of tried to do a MySpace. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't have 
time for social media. And that's the irony, actually. I'll have one more comment. Yeah, yeah. I'm very chatty this morning <laughs> here in Beijing. Yeah. You caught me on a very chatty, this is good. chatty mood this morning. This is good. Um, my comment is that, you know, a lot of artists are, um, they have... If they if they have time to do things like really push their their TikTok videos and really push their Instagram and really get tons of Facebook uh, or YouTube videos up, I'm wondering how much time they actually have to practice their instrument or to write new songs or to tour or perform. Like honestly, you have to kind of choose where you're going to filter yeah. your time and your energy. Yeah. And the thing is, they can have this great 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 profile on social media, but then maybe they're not producing new music, maybe they're not practicing their instrument, or maybe they're not performing live so often. But then if, if you're someone like me who's practicing and writing songs and performing live, you then you that. don't have a big profile on social media, or you don't market it so much, you don't have a ton of followers, and then people think you're not active. It's right. like real catch-22, like actually I am active, but that's not reflected in social media. And then if you're active on social media, then you're not active out there, like live on the right. stage it's necessarily. Kind of like, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because I'm going through the same thing. With yeah, podcast, it's a catch-22. Yeah. Or the only people I think who really have that balance mastered are the ones who can afford a team. So like someone yes. like Taylor Swift, who has this team who are keeping her super active on social media, but then she's also super active in the studio or on stages and you know with audiences. Because she can pay people <laughs> to do it for her. Damn that. That's well, see, fair. with this, uh, I, 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 I still don't like to, I don't think anybody likes Ticketmaster anymore because I don't know if you heard over there, but the Taylor Swift tickets were like $23,000. One oh ticket. Oh, God. I yeah. heard the Ticketmaster scandal, but I didn't hear yeah. the $23,000. Or, or like, oh, it, 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 it was some obscene amount. So she's getting paid. So she has money to afford all the PR people and the Instagram people and, it's 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 insane, you know. So. Yeah, but Ticketmaster is the real evil in that story, right? They are, They're totally yes. like monopolizing this situation. Yeah. Somebody's got to break them down and tear them down because that just can't. It can't keep happening. People yeah. need to be able to have access to live music, and yeah. if there's a, a corporate body that's stopping that access, they just need to be torn down. Like it yeah. just that's the word. That's all I can say about that. Well, Let's I go, see if that'll happen. <laughs> right, powerful. Which is because yeah, I think Live Nation is with them too, you know, they to join together. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I got a, is I got a venue up the street which I pay like twenty bucks a ticket for. So I'm not, I'm not buying any tickets online. So that's good for me. So yeah, good. Awesome. You got awesome. you got a way to see my yes, music. exactly. Oh, um, do you have any plans to come to America at all? So I can, so I can. Um, actually yeah, well, I've been kept out of my home country and trapped in this country because of the pandemic travel controls right. okay. for the last three and a half years. And, uh, you know, I'm finally going to go back and see my family in July. And I still haven't bought my flight yet because they're still too expensive. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. been pandemic crap for so long. Um, but because of that, I haven't uh, performed in the West in a long time. The last time I was in the U.S. was, uh, I'm like, of course, pre-pandemic. Yeah. It was... I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so no plans at the moment oh. to tour or perform in the U.S. Okay. But I do have plans to go back to Canada and I will do some shows in July. Nice. Um, and hopefully, hopefully reconnect with some of my fans over there. Yes. And your family, because family is important too. So. Family <laughs> is very important to me. And I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen my, my own parents 
it will have been four years. That's too long. Yeah, you know, you got to see your long. aging parents. Right. I know. Because, you know, well, you don't know, nobody lives forever inside the slave, but that happens, you know. So, got to take on your old mom and dad, you know. Full yeah. time. Yeah, that's what I'm talking um, So we do thank you for coming on the show tonight, this morning, over you, because this is, this is 11, 9.35 here. Uh, like a little, 10, it's the 10, same, 9.35 here, oh, 12 hours now. But that's it's the morning. Has happened. But it's the morning over there, yes. yes. So, so did yes, you have... it's the morning in your future. I'm talking to you from Monday morning. Oh, so what happened? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the future. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did we have coffee this morning, or are you a coffee drinker at all? I am a coffee drinker, but I nice. have not had a coffee, which is surprising because I'm so chatty. <laughs> you'd think I would be totally zinged up, but I'm just drinking hot water at the moment. Oh, nice. I haven't well, hot had a chance to make my coffee. Hot water is awesome. I it's got, okay. I got a water bottle right here, so it's all good. You know? so, uh, <laughs> so we do hope, hope hope that you come back on sooner than later, and uh, we love you. And uh, I, I, I deeply want to thank you for making music for everybody, including yourself, you know. Because I think it's You're a very welcome. healing power, you know. So, okay. So, until next okay. time, everybody. <laughs> until next time, everybody. When more film music speaks. Bye, guys.